0: Hi friends, my name is Krista McLean. I am the Family Ministries pastor here today and we are continuing our series called Faith in Real Life and we are on week four. We've been going through the book of James and we're talking about various ways that we live out our faith in the world around us. If you have not watched the previous weeks, I encourage you to go and do that. You will not be disappointed. There was a young dad with a two-year-old daughter, and she was definitely in her terrible twos, and he thought it would be a really great time to start taking her out on daddy-daughter dates. And so he decided it was the perfect time. He took her out to a local fast food restaurant, and they ordered some pancakes. And about the time they got their pancakes delivered to the table, he decided it was a great time to tell her how much he loved and appreciated her. So he said, Jenny, I want you to know how much I love you, how special you are to me and Mommy. And we prayed for years for you. And you are such a wonderful little girl. You're growing up to be so wonderful. And we could not be more proud of you. And then when he finished all of that, he picked up his fork and he began to eat his pancakes. And before he could even get the fork to his mouth, a little hand reached out and touched his arm. And he met his, her eyes, and he said, she said, longer, Daddy, longer. So he put down his fork, and he proceeded, proceeded to tell her some more reasons why and ways that they loved and appreciated her. And then he started to try and eat again. And a second time, and a third time, and even a fourth time, he heard the words, longer, Daddy, longer. And the young dad never really did get to eat very much that day, but his young daughter got the emotional nourishment that she needed and even a few days later she spontaneously run up to her mom and she said mommy I'm a really special daughter daddy told me so and the young dad spoke life into his little girl that day and words can leave quite an impact can't they but I wonder how powerful do we think words really are They seem kind of insignificant compared to the larger scheme of things. 90% of the time, we throw words around like they mean absolutely nothing. Yet we can all remember words that were spoken to us possibly years ago that still have an impact on us today. We know who said them, we know where we were, and we know exactly what it felt like to hear them. In Genesis chapter 1, we read that God used the words to create the entire universe. The Bible says that he literally spoke our world into existence. In fact, the only part of creation that he did not speak into existence was mankind. And that's not because he couldn't. It's because that he wanted to create a special bond with us. And so he used his hands to actually form us into his own image. And although our words are not nearly as powerful as God's, the ability that he has given us to communicate with each other by the way of speech is a gift, a powerful gift the greatest gift aside from Jesus that he might have given to us because it's through words that we're able to communicate and share feelings. Words are indeed powerful. Words have started revolutions, riots, revivals, reformations. Words have the power to forge new friendships, to deepen old ones, and to restore relationships. Words can change our world. You can make a more powerful impact with your speech than you can with the work of your hands. And some of the most significant messages that people deliver to one another often come in short two to five word sentences or phrases. And these can impact us either negatively or positively. And so I want to share several of them with you today. And I want you to think about how they might make you feel. And some of these hurt because I know I've heard some of them and some of them feel really good. So allow me to share. You're worthless. You're stupid. You're a loser. You can't do anything right. It's all your fault. I wish you were never born. You will never change. You hurt me. You disappoint me. You'll never be enough. I hate you. Let's break up. You have cancer. I just want to be friends. They didn't make it. There's no heartbeat. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'll be there. I miss you. Maybe you're right. You've been accepted. You're the best. I forgive you. You're my best friend. I trust you. I'm so proud of you. You are so special. Thank you. I believe in you. You inspired me. You are enough. I love you. Every day, you and I speak thousands of words. Studies show that we speak an average of about 16,000 words a day. And some are carefully planned and selected, and others are spoken impulsively. And some are spoken quietly, and others are spoken with a lot more volume. And some of our words are spoken with the desire to help and encourage, and others are spoken with the motivation to hurt or belittle or retaliate. However, most of our words are spoken with little, if any, thought about how they will affect others. A couple of weeks ago, we started a series through the book of James, which is about real faith for real life. Real faith will affect every aspect of our lives. It will affect the things that we do, the things that we feel, the things that we think, and especially the things that we say. James has already had this to say about our words. In James 1.19, he says, Understand this, my Christian friends. We must all be careful to listen. We should not be too quick to speak. We should not get angry quickly. In James 1.26, he says, Maybe some of you think that you are serving God well. But if you also say bad things about people, you do not serve God well at all. You are doing something bad even when you think you are doing good things. So let's consider a few things today. Have you ever misused your words? I think all of us have done that at some point. Have you ever said something to someone that hurt them rather than helped them? It wasn't necessarily on purpose. You had really good intentions, but things went really poorly. Have you ever said something to someone and hurting them was your intention? You wanted to do just that. You did it on purpose. You knew if you said it, it was going to hurt, but you did it anyway. Have you ever used your words to gossip about someone. And I know what you're thinking, I don't know if it was gossip or not. Well, I'm going to tell you that if that person walked in the room or their friends walked in the room and your first inkling was to stop talking, then it was definitely gossip. James 3.2 says, we all make many mistakes. So if someone never says anything that is bad, that person is completely good. And it shows that he has authority over his whole body. It's embarrassing to make a mistake, isn't it? But we all do it. We all make mistakes, especially with our words. And what James is saying is that our tongue is a sort of thermometer for our faith. It reveals our spiritual temperature. When our speech is full of truth and kindness and grace and gratitude and goodness and gentleness, it reveals the strength of our faith at work in our hearts. When our speech is full of negativity and gossip and lying and venom, It reveals the weakness of our faith. And according to James, our words are indeed powerful. And throughout the first part of this chapter, of chapter 3, James uses six word pictures to illustrate the power of our words. And we can put these six pictures into three categories that reveal the power of the tongue. The first power is the power to direct. James 3, 3 through 5 says, For example... Think about how we make a horse go, to the, go the right way. We put a small bit of metal in its mouth so that we can turn it, and then we can cause the horse's whole body to go where we want it to go. Also think about ships that sail on the sea. They are very large. Strong winds push them with great power, but we fix a piece of wood at the back of the ship. With this small piece of wood, the master can cause the ship to go anywhere that he wants it to go. In the same way, our tongue is a very small part of our body, but it speaks as if it is very great. Isn't that the truth? I like what someone once said, talk is cheap because the supply always exceeds the demand. The point that James makes with this illustration is just that just like we use a bit or a rudder or a bit to direct a horse or a rudder to direct a ship, Our words have the power to influence and affect the course of our lives and other people's lives as well. The things that you say can steer someone's life in the right direction or the wrong direction. I've worked with lots of young people over the years who've been greatly affected by phrases or words that were thrown around by other people in their lives at varying times. Teachers who labeled kids as bad or parents who spoke in moments of desperation. Yet those words that were said left lasting impacts on students and children that they have carried with them for years. I don't remember ever taking a real vacation with my dad as a young child. And I can tell you exactly why. He would tell my mom, I don't take my vacation time to spend it with you and the kids. I take it to do exactly what I want to do. And what do you think that communicated with me? It said that I was not important, I was not valuable, or I was not enough. He passed away in January of 2022, and he lived in such a way that only reinforced those words. On the other hand, words of encouragement can also have a lasting impact. My husband has known me since I was 16 years old, and he has always been an encourager to me. When I took this step into full-time ministry, he was my biggest cheerleader, and he still is today. And I could not do what I do without him. Ministry life is hard, and sometimes it's discouraging. He speaks life into me constantly, and I'm so very thankful. And just last Sunday, we dropped our youngest off at her first ministry intern experience. And I've watched this week as he has done the same thing for her. As he spoke life into her, as she feels called to do what she's doing, he speaks life into her about that. And I know his words will echo in her heart and her mind just like they do in my own. The things that you say are influencing people around you, even when you don't know it. People are listening. Never underestimate your words and the power that they have to affect people's lives. History records Hitler as being a powerful orator. His words to the German people mesmerized them. They willfully turned over everything to him and the Nazi party. His powerful words spewed out hatred and a call to racial and religious intolerance that ended up in the Second World War, the ruin of Europe, and the death of over 50 million people. His powerful words tore the whole world apart. Jesus spoke to the woman at the well and changed her life forever. And Peter preached at Pentecost and 3,000 souls came to Christ. Your words really do have the power to direct. Your words also have the power to destroy. And that's what James tells us next. In James 3, 5 through 8, it says, think about this. A very small fire can cause even a big forest to burn completely. A person's tongue is like a fire. It has the power of everything in the world that is wrong. It is a small part of the body, but it can spoil the whole person. Like a fire, it can destroy all of a person's life. It is a fire that comes from the fire of hell itself. Remember this. People can cause all kinds of things to do what they want them to do. They have done this with wild animals, birds, snakes and things that live in the sea, but no person can rule his tongue. It continues to say bad things. It is like a bad poison that can cause death. James warns us not to underestimate the power of words. He compares the tongue to fire and dangerous wild animals. And James points out that many wild animals can be tamed, but no man can tame the tongue. A fire can begin with just a spark. But it can grow and destroy an entire city. Remember the fire that started in the O'Leary barn in Chicago at 8 p.m. on October 8, 1871? It grew and spread to disastrous proportions, killing 300 people, leaving 100,000 people homeless, destroying roughly 3.3 square miles of the city, including 17,500 buildings at a cost to the city of $222 million, which would be approximately $5.5 billion today. James says your tongue can destroy like that, like a raging fire that can cause us to lose it all. Our words start fires that no man can put out. I wonder how many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed their marriage, their career, their reputation, the reputation of someone else, or a friendship. Our words can be just as destructive in a person's life. Sometimes it's the little things we say that hurt the most. Calloused insults and careless gossip can break people's spirits, ruin reputations, or instill hate and bitterness. There's a familiar saying that we've all heard, and it goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Now, this is a response that probably everyone has used at some point in their life in the wake of some terrible barrage of name calling, probably inflicted by someone who was probably bigger or stronger than we were. And it's a phrase that was interjected with much feeling, and after we said it, we probably abruptly turned and walked away as if we'd won some psychological victory over our opponent. But as you may remember, it was impossible to walk away um, before we signified our victory with sticking out of the tongue, right? And so you probably remember saying it, and you probably know that it's completely wrong because words do hurt, don't they? And sometimes they have lasting effects. Because long after those words that could never hurt us were said, we found ourselves hearing them over and over again in our head. And many times those harmless words, true or untrue, would even bring us to tears. And sometimes leave us not physically injured, but emotionally scarred. When a hurtful thing is said, you can't unsay it. And when a lie is told, you can't transform it into the truth. And when a reputation has been destroyed, you can't mend it. Friendships have been ruined. Families have been destroyed. Churches have been split. Ministries have been shattered. And in fact, whole nations have gone to war all because of the power of words. James compares the destruction of the tongue to wild, untamed animals. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no one can tame the tongue. Would anyone here turn hungry lions or wild, venomous snakes loose in their homes? Where they work or where they go to church? Of course not. But we have to remember that an untamed tongue does the same thing spiritually or emotionally. The truth is, when we use our words to hurt or tear down or destroy another person or a relationship, the source of those words coming out of our mouths is coming straight from the pit of hell, as Doug would say. We need to understand that it's not without consequences in our lives. It will spread and corrupt our entire being. We mentioned earlier the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I don't know who came up with that. But it's just not true. And I think it should be rewritten. It should say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can break our hearts. Broken bones can heal with time, but a broken spirit caused by words is not quickly repaired. Cruel and critical comments sting and eat away at us. And if they're repeated often enough, they can burn a hole right in our hearts. Do you ever use words like those? Does your sarcasm bite at others? Does your cynicism sink its fangs into your prey? Do you inject poison, the poison of criticism, into your spouse or your kids or your family or your friends or your church? In addition to the power to direct and destroy, our words have the power to delight. And that's how we ought to use them. James 3, 9 through 12, we use our tongue to praise the Lord God, who is our Father, but then we use it to curse other people. That is wrong, because God made those people to be like himself. This shows that we use the same mouth to praise and also to curse. My Christian friends, we should not do this. Salty water and sweet water never come from the same spring. A fig tree cannot give olives, my friends. A vine for grapes cannot give figs, and a salty spring cannot give sweet water. The final two images that James uses are a spring and a tree. A spring ought to be a source of cool, refreshing water. Thirsty people with parched throats ought to be able to come to a well and drink deeply and be rejuvenated. When a hungry person finds a tree, they ought to be able to eat the fruit of its branches and be nourished. And that's what our words ought to be able to like, be like for people when they talk to us. Water is life-giving. You can play any sport and run until you're tired. You do not want a Coke or a Pepsi. You want water. When thirsty souls with dehydrated hearts come to you, they want to be able to soak in your words and be refreshed and encouraged by them. The words we speak can be like a river flowing through parched land, and it brings life to that land, and it can be both good. It can't be both good and bad. And most of us have drunk water that comes from some container that left an aftertaste, right? And when our words possess both bad and ungodly things, the good we try to speak is flavored by the bad that we speak. It's tainted. Our lips ought to bear the fruit of God's Spirit so that people around us can be spiritually nourished and fed. Have you ever considered the benefits of a tree? A tree helps hold the soul together. A healthy tree provides stability for the environment. And words properly given can do the same. And that's desperately needed in our culture today. We have wonderful words of life. We shouldn't hold on to them and hoard those words. We should give it away. Good news is meant to be shared. A tree also provides both beauty and shade. We live in a world that can be ugly at times. And it needs encouragement. And through us and our words, Jesus can provide both beauty and shade for our culture. And our words can either help or they can hurt. You know, a lot of us are concerned about what we eat. We monitor our, our calories, our carbs, our sodium intake. Um, we refuse to, uh, we avoid trans fat and high fructose corn syrup. And it's good to eat healthy. Those are all good things, we sh- but we should be much more concerned about what comes out of our mouths than what goes into them. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 11, It is not food that goes into people's mouths that make them unclean. Instead, it's what comes out of people's mouths is important. It may show what is inside, that what is inside them is unclean. See, our problem is not really our tongue. Our problem is our heart. What comes out of our mouths reveals what's inside of our hearts. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 12, 34. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this is why your tongue is the thermometer of your faith. Whatever is in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. A person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who's critical all the time has a bitter heart. On the other hand, a person who is always encouraging has a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. And a person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. If you are filled with anger and bitterness and hatred and jealousy and ugliness, it will show up in your words. But if your heart is filled with God's Spirit, then the fruit of your lips will be love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that is what this world really needs. That's what your family needs. It's what your coworkers need. That's what your neighbors need. And when your tongue starts building people up, instead of tearing them down, your family and everyone else around you will be nourished and encouraged. And people will be able to draw closer to God. And experience his grace because of the love and joy and peace that you speak into their lives. Our words can bring and give life. Proverbs 18.21 says, words have the power to bring life or death. So be careful if you talk a lot. There was a young man named Johnny that attended a training, work training event centered around the power of words. And how what you say makes a difference to those people around you. Johnny was 19 years old. He had Down syndrome, and he worked as a bagger at a grocery store. And Johnny talked to his dad about how he wanted to make an impact, and he really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And so his dad says, hey, you just should go to work. You should bag your groceries. You should shake their hand. You should say, great seeing you and go along your way. And Johnny said, no, I I really want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. And his dad said, well, what, what do you have in mind? And so Johnny said he wanted to write personal notes and put them in the bag when, his, when the shoppers came through the line. So Johnny asked his dad, would he help him? His dad said, sure. So Johnny would make, uh, make up quotes every night, make copies. And he would type them up. And then if he couldn't find one that he liked in a book, he would make up his own. And then he would sign each one personally. And then he planned to put them in the last bag of each shopper when they checked out. And then as he did so, he would look them in the eye. And he would say, I put something very special for you in this sack. I hope it brightens your day. And the manager came in one day, and he wanted to know why everybody was in line eight. And he told somebody, get on the intercom and announce that, you know, other aisles are open. He did, and no one moved. So he had the other workers go personally to those people standing in line. And he said, hey, you know, aisle six is open. We'll help you over there. And the response was, no, no, we want to stand in this line. We want to get Johnny's word of the day. And so a woman came by and she spoke to the supervisor and she said, hey, I used to come only to the grocery store once a week or once every other week. But now I come almost every single day. I buy something just so I can get Johnny's encouraging word for the day. And what happened was that started a change in the culture of that store. Even the floral department used to, when a flower was broken, they would just throw it away. But then they started changing. They would start bringing it out and pinning it on elderly women or young girls who were standing in line. That was an initiative that they took. It was just to brighten their day. So now there were lots of people in the org chart at that grocery store. But the most important person was Johnny the Bagger. Because he spoke words of life, and words of life can change a culture. And they can change a group of people. And if it can happen at a grocery store, it can happen at a church. It can happen at a home, in a workplace, in a school or on a college campus, in a neighborhood. So let's decide that we're going to be people who speak words of life to one another. And you might be thinking, well, that sounds great, but how do I do that? I have four tips for putting God's power in our words. One, we ask God for help. How do you do that? Well, we can't control our tongues on our own by our own devices. We need God's help. So we have to ask Him. We pray. We commit to reading our Bible and filling our hearts and minds with His words. Next, we talk less. That's right, you heard me. Your chances of causing destruction with your words are directly proportional with the amount uh, of time that you spend with your mouth open. Abraham Lincoln said, it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. President Calvin Coolidge said, I've never been hurt by anything I did not say. The third thing, think first. This is an acronym you can use. Think, try these five questions before you speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Think before you speak. And lastly, build others up. Encourage one another with your words. Someone once said that we should not complain about our spouse's faults, because if it weren't for those faults, they could have married someone else so much better. When our hearts are filled with the Holy Spirit, then we don't have to worry about destroying other people with our words. When we speak to people with gentleness and respect, we can nourish people's spirits and delight their souls. When we've got real faith for real life, it will show up in the way that we talk. And our words are powerful, and on any given day, you will sp- and I will speak thousands of them. And the words we speak will have the power to direct, the power to destroy, and the power to delight. So I ask you today, what will your words do today? Let's pray. Lord, because our words can build others up or break them down, would you enable our words to be light and truth? We want our words to have life-giving power. Show us today where we need to change our words and in turn our hearts. We want the world to hear your love when we speak. And may your words be a ref- our words be a reflection of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. If what we shared today spoke to you in any way, would you like or subscribe or perhaps share it with a friend? And if you would like to support Next Level, you can go to our website at nextlevelchurch.org give. Hit that green give button, and you can support us as we raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. We would really appreciate your support. By way of benediction today, I'd like to read to you from Ephesians 4, 32. Do not say bad things that hurt or insult people. Instead, say only good things that will help people. Your words should help people be, to become strong when they hear them. Do not say, do not do anything that will make God's Holy Spirit sad. God gave his Holy Spirit to you to show that you belong to him. As a result, you know that God will make you completely free one day. Do not be jealous of other people. Do not become angry or shout at them. Do not quarrel with other people or insult them. Do not do anything or say anything that will hurt other people. Instead, help one another be, and be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Remember that God has forgiven you because of what Christ has done. Rachel Wilkin said these words. Be mindful when it comes to your words. A string that don't mean much to you may stick with someone else for a lifetime. May you be blessed. Have a wonderful day.